everybody and welcome back to the Koya Mates podcast. I'm your host Yulia Barna and I just want to start off today by saying happy one month anniversary everybody. <laughs> How cute is that? One month of podcasting, our very first month and I just want to say thank you so much for being a part of this very first month of Koya Mates. It has been an absolute heck of a start and I just wanted to, from the bottom of my heart, say thank you and happy anniversary. Happy four weeks. Now, today is awesome, not just because it's our first month of podcasting, but we also get to hear a beautiful story from one of our amazing listeners. So I am very excited for that. But I thought, what a better way to start us off by having a good little laugh and just a bit of a mood boost to get us going for our day. So I found this TikTok account on my feed a few days ago and they post like uninspiring quotes <laughs> and it made me laugh so much. And then I was like, actually, no, I'm going to save this for the podcast. So I saved them so I could hear them for the very first time on the podcast with you guys. All right, let's hear the very first one. <laughs> You're doing the best you can which is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> that is literally me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Things could... <laughs> Things could... I need to stop reading ahead. Things could always be worse. You could be dead unless you're into that. <laughs> That's not a good one for me. Oh my goodness. All right, okay. Have a panic attack. You earned it. <laughs> You still haven't met all of the people who are going to leave you. <laughs> Don't be sad. You're making everybody uncomfortable. <laughs> Why do something right away when you can just wait until it gives you a panic attack? <laughs> That's me. Oh my goodness. I love these. I feel like these actually inspire me more than actual inspirational quotes. <laughs> Nothing like a good bit of sarcasm to start your day off. Am I right? <laughs> No, I love that. I definitely needed a good little laugh this morning. So I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. Now we're going to hear a story from one of our beautiful listeners. Her name is Tamsin. So I just wanted to play that audio for you now. Hi, my name is Tamsin and I'm going to be breaking the silence on my mental health journey. I started my journey at a very young age with anxiety. I was always a shy, anxious person and from the age of five my parents told me that if I was unfamiliar with the situation I would be sick. I hated that I was like this and always felt so misunderstood. It wasn't until the age of 14 that I decided I wanted help. At that time I was in year 10 and wanted to be able to go on my last school camp without feeling sick. Within the next few weeks mum made me a doctor's appointment at the time, I was also struggling with my eating, which was then diagnosed as anorexia. I was referred to Tuiota and had four therapy sessions at home with my parents. I did two of those before I was told that I needed more help with Anna and they could not do that. After time, I was referred to CAMS and started seeing my first counsellor of many. This made me spiral. I felt I wasn't ready to accept the fact that what I was doing was not okay. 
At this time was when I fell into the trap of self-harm, which my parents didn't take well, and in this and in those times I was punished. I lost all forms of communication. I couldn't contact my mates or watch my comfort shows or listen to my comfort music. I couldn't do what I loved and enjoyed. Around this time, I was put on antidepressants, which was fluoxetine, which was meant to help, but it made my suicide thoughts even stronger. At this point, I didn't want to continue to fight. On the 6th of December 2021, I contacted Youthline as my last cry for help. That night, the cops saved my life. After this, my pills went under review and I was switched to Sertraline, which I am still currently on. On my 15th birthday, I was at my lowest. I wasn't happy or healthy and I was so mad I let my mental health ruin yet another birthday. I decided that I wasn't going to let my mental health take anything else from me. At this point, I had a new therapist at CAMS and we were still working on refeedings. That year, I worked really hard in therapy and trust me, it wasn't an easy road. I ended up taking a term off school to try and get myself better for the year ahead. Although when it came to time to go back to school, I still was not ready and I was felt behind. I ended up leaving high school at 16. I felt so much like I had failed. But by the end of the year, I signed up for Northern Health School, which was an online school with one online in-person se- and one online and in-person session with my teacher each week. I loved it, but I was still struggling and feeling hopeless. I started trauma work with my therapist And at this time, I decided I wanted to move out of home with my boyfriend. This was hard. It felt like I was losing my childhood. But at the same time, I was proud that I was finally stood up for myself and could be independent. I had moved out for six months and I thought I was finally happy. I was going to the gym. I had a benefit so I could pay my own way. I felt happy and free for once, but of course depression hit and I fell back into the trap of self-harm. As at this time, my dog had just passed. That night, I ended up in ED. I had failed again. At this point, I had to go back home to my family as it was too hard on my boyfriend's family at the time. At this point, I was sent to respite, which was my first time being in a mental health facility, and I struggled. Respite went from Thursday to Monday, and I ended up going there three times within that month while I was settling back at home. I met some of the most amazing people and got so close to all of the workers, which gave me the confidence to live back at home and to be able to be on my own. I have currently been back at home for six months now and I wouldn't have any other way. I may still struggle, but I know I don't want to let my mental health win and I know no one else should either. Thank you for listening to my story. First of all, Tamsin, I just want to say thank you so, so much for sharing your story and being so vulnerable. As much as it saddens me to hear all of the things that you guys have been through, it also makes me really happy in a way just to hear your stories and just to be able to relate so much. And I know that there's going to be so many other people out there that relate to these stories as well. So I just want to say thank you so, so much for sharing this with me. And there's also so many layers to this story as well and so many things to talk about. So let's just start at the very beginning. I also remember having anxiety attacks or anxiety when I was very, very young, like only like six or seven years old. And even speaking about school camp, this definitely resonated with me 
so much because I remember in primary school not wanting to go to my school camp because I was extremely self-conscious of my body and I was a really skinny kid and I used to get bullied a lot in school and one of the kids would always make fun of me for being anorexic or you know like skinny um but I wasn't too worried about being too skinny I was actually worried about being you know overweight and I think that my body dysmorphia and eating issues started from a really really young age and not that long ago I actually found a diary that I had from when I was about seven years old and inside of it was a point chart with like a bunch of food and then some like numbers written next to it and let me just explain a little bit here so when I was growing up there was a thing called Weight Watchers and it was like all the craze at the time and I remember that my best friend's mum and her older sister were both doing Weight Watchers and they were both adults and things like that at the time but looking on from a kid you kind of want to do you know the things that the adults are doing and you want to be a part of it and so they were doing Weight Watchers and Weight Watchers was basically a diet where you could eat whatever you wanted but there was a certain amount of points per food. So you would get like this little booklet and it would basically have like all your foods listed in there. And then next to it was a certain amount of points. And you were only allowed to eat about 20 points a day, but you could have whatever you wanted. And obviously the things that were more, you know, unhealthy or higher in calories and things like that were, um, you know, more points. And then the things like vegetables and stuff like that were very little points. So yeah, it was basically just like an old school way of like calorie counting before calorie counting was really a thing. Um, so I learned about this at a very young age and finding it in my diary. Obviously, I didn't even remember that I did this. And then I looked and then I found it in my diary and I was like, oh my gosh, that's right. We were absolutely crazy about doing this Weight Watchers thing. But I was so young. I was only like seven years old or something like that when I was, you know, pretend doing this diet. What I found in my diary was just like different foods that I had eaten that day and then I would just make up some points and put it next to it. And I just remember always, always being very conscious of the way that I looked. And I've had issues with eating for as long as I can remember or like issues with the way my body looks for as long as I can remember. And two years ago, I was at an extremely low point and my mom actually forced me to go to the doctors with her and they told me that if I didn't start eating now that I was going to die because I was so extremely underweight and even though I'm at a healthy weight now I still have these issues and it's still something that I literally think about 24-7 and it's just completely and utterly draining and I think it's really one of those things that you don't really necessarily understand unless you've had an eating disorder before or you've seen someone very close to you go through something or struggle with something like that and I've had both I've seen people extremely close to me that have struggled with eating disorders and I've also struggled with an eating disorder for as long as I can remember and I also know men who struggle with eating disorders and men who struggle with body dysmorphia. And I think that's also a subject that doesn't get enough light shed on it. 
is the fact that men are also going through these things and men also have these struggles. So I think that's just something to keep in mind also. You never know who might be struggling. So just be kind and be gentle with everyone. And not only because you think they may be struggling, but just because you're a decent human being who wants to have more love in the world. And that's just the way it should be. (laughs) That's how I think of it anyway. So secondly, Tamsin mentioned the fact that her parents were very involved with the process of her therapy and her doctors and even finding out about all of these issues to start with. And she also mentioned that she wasn't at a place where she could fully accept that the things that she was doing were unhealthy. And I think that that is something that a lot of people will be able to relate to. And I certainly do on a number of levels. And it's so hard because the majority of the time our parents or our family and friends are just trying their absolute best to be helpful and loving and supportive but sometimes it can actually make things worse and it's so hard it's a very very difficult thing to wrap your head around because it really doesn't make much sense at all Um, and you wouldn't really understand it unless you've literally been there yourself but um, my parents also found out that I was self-harming when I was very young as well because my mum read through one of my diaries and I had mentioned it in there and she also took me to the doctor, etc. But it actually did make things worse, even though she had the absolute best intentions and she was just trying to help. It actually did make things worse, me going there, because when I went to the doctor, he told me that my self-harm wasn't too bad. He bandaged me up and kind of set me on my way. And for some reason, when I heard that, I felt like I needed to hurt myself more so that maybe next time I went in there, he would say, oh yeah, okay, like this is bad. So after that day, I basically would always make sure that would happen. And I think the reason behind this is because We're hurting so, so incredibly much on the inside, but you can't see that. You can't see how much pain someone is in mentally or psychologically. You can only see that physically. So I did my best efforts to basically show how much pain I was actually in. And it was definitely a huge, huge cry for help even though it was always, you know, kept secret and never shown and like very hidden away from everybody. um, It was always a massive cry for help on the inside. So when doctors say to you, oh, it's not that bad, you almost feel like you haven't done enough. Like you feel and you feel like defeated, like you just need someone to stand up and say, this person is not okay and this is not okay and they need help. But most of the time, you don't get that. And this doesn't just go for self-harm. This actually goes for all things surrounding mental health, of course. Doctors telling you that you're not sick enough to get proper help or because you're not suicidal or maybe because you have problems surrounding your eating, but you're not, you know, hugely underweight or overweight, that you can't get any help for that. And there's just so many examples that I could give here. But those are just some of the ones that I've been through just myself. But I know that people go through this every day with the mental health system and have tremendous struggles with it. So it's definitely something that I wanted to mention. Also, Tamsin mentioned medications. Now, 
I've tried basically every medication under the sun and this goes for natural medications too. And I know that some people have had really great experiences with medication and that it's really helped people with their anxiety or depression. Um, And I also know a lot of people that have more severe mental disorders and it really, really helps them. So this is very much each to their own. But unfortunately, in my experience, I haven't had any luck with any medication. And it's something that's most of the time ended up with massive dependency issues and addiction. So I think you just want to be very careful when it comes to pharmaceutical medication. Just be very careful and very cautious and make sure you do your own like looking into it especially what it will look like if you ever decide to come off of those drugs because that's where you end up with absolutely like horrific withdrawal symptoms and things like that when you're trying to get off of certain medications and a lot of the time you can actually end up getting stuck on them for life as well so just be careful with it and just take some time to look into it for yourself as well. I think for a lot of people that struggle with mental health and just the cycle of things and just feeling like, you know, you're going round and round in a circle, um, that a lot of the time when we hit a rough patch or something happens, we can look at it like we're failing or have yet again failed, as Tamsin said. And there's so many reasons as to why this just isn't true. But I think that one thing we need to look at is how many times we've actually succeeded over that period of time. And I think that the majority of people who suffer with mental health problems or addiction is the fact that we just never give ourselves any credit. We never just take a moment to sit back and tell ourselves that we're proud of ourselves. And what makes that even harder is because the moment that we slip up, we're the first person to give ourselves shit about it. We're so quick to judge. We're so quick to judge ourselves on our mistakes, but never take a moment to be proud of ourselves for all of the moments, all of the days, all of the weeks that we've pushed through. All of the times that we told ourselves, no, we don't do that anymore and actually gotten through and just suffered silently in, in a such severe pain that no one else even knew about. And if I'm being honest, I'm really bad with this. I find it really hard to be happy with myself and proud of myself about things. But then so easily I can just tear myself to absolute shreds about things that happen that are negative. But we need to learn how to stop and just take a moment to be proud of ourselves for all of the things that we have accomplished. All of the days that we've spent fighting because no one knows how hard you've truly tried except for you. So don't you think that we ought to be just a little bit proud of ourselves every now and again? And something I actually do quite often is just write in my notes on my phone, what am I proud of myself for today? And at night, I just list a couple of things or even just one thing. And it sometimes can even be something as simple as I made it through the day. And a lot of the time it is. But it actually just starts to get your mind into a little bit of a different state just by writing down these kinds of things and these things that you're proud of. And then you just naturally start to think these things during the day. And it just helps to create a different mindset and a healthier mindset for yourself as well. So if I can set you guys one little task, that is exactly what it's going to be. Pull out the notes in your phone and just write down something that you're proud of yourself for. 
Well, it's that time again, everyone. I just want to say thank you so much for another episode and happy one month podcast anniversary. I've absolutely loved hearing your guys' stories come through and it's just been honestly such an exceptional start to the month. I couldn't have wished for a better audience. So thank you so much. But yes, you know the drill. Pick up your phone, hit record and hit me with it. Any questions you may have, any struggles you're going through, Let's just keep this conversation going. Send it through to us at getinvolved at callyourmates.com or even just DM us on Instagram. It's really just that easy. I promise you raw, vulnerable and real. And as always, I intend to keep that promise. In upcoming episodes, I'll continue to share my own battles with mental health. It's not always easy, but in the spirit of Call Your Mates, we're all in this together. Thanks again for hanging out with us on the Call Your Mates podcast. If you've laughed, learned, or even just survived this podcast, then you're definitely our kind of mate. Until next time, be kind, be gentle, and don't forget to call your mates. Thanks, guys.